All right, let's get into the message today. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis chapter 26. As you're turning, I send greetings from Pastors Kevin and Sheila Gerald, Champion Center, your greater team church family. Whether you realize it or not, you all are not only a part of our team church family, you help us lead the team church tribe. Your pastors do, the team does here, and uh, team church has, over the last few years, grown to a thriving network and tribe of churches all over North America. About three years ago, my wife and I started a branch of that called Leading Second. We work with teams and second chair leaders, which has grown to impacting thousands of leaders a year through that. You all partner with us even in that every single month. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being a generous, kingdom-minded church. We could not do what we do without this house. We love you deeply. Okay, uh, Genesis chapter 26. We'll get there in just a second. Our culture right now, everything in our culture is um, obsessed with the new, becoming new. The day a new iPhone releases, as happened a couple weeks ago, you'll see lines out the door for people to buy the new device, right? Entire weekends are devoted to binge-watching the new series or the new episodes of your show that just got released. I don't know about you, but on my, my phone, on my Apple Music, when there's new music that is released, it goes to the top of the list. The old stuff goes to the bottom. The new stuff goes to the top. That's because we love new things. We, we love the new. Anyone buy into the conspiracy theory? I, I, don't, I don't buy into too many of them, but this one I actually do. How many of you buy into the conspiracy theory that they purposefully slow your, your old phone down to get you to buy the new phone? Anyone else? Uh, like, it's amazing. Two weeks ago, I had no battery life all of a sudden. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. We, we love the new. We, I think, add up in our minds that new is better than old. New is faster. New is sexier. New get, makes my life easier in some way. We love new and we love when the new replaces the old. Our, our generation right now is in the process of remaking everything, making all things new. The way you, the way you like order food is new. We, we used to have to like buy groceries and go home and cook. You know, now at the, you know, at the click on an app in 20 minutes, I could have hot Thai food here from some restaurant down the road that I've never stepped foot in because of Uber Eats. Amen. Like in 2021, somebody else will do your grocery shopping for you if you want. If you use an app like Instacart or Target mobile order, which I need to have a conversation with my wife about Target and about the amount of mobile order purchases we do there, but that's for another message, I guess. If I'm running late and I want coffee, but I don't have time to wait in line at Starbucks, I can mobile order, and by the time I get there, my coffee is ready. I don't have to talk to the barista. I don't have to talk to anybody else in the store. I can just go in there like I own the place, pick up my coffee, because we've even made it new how we order coffee. If I wanna know my family's history, we used to have to go over the river and through the woods to grandma's house to hear the stories over and the same stories over and over again, but you don't even have to do that now. You could just go to ancestry.com or what's the other one, 20, 23andMe, is that it? 
And you, you can find out your whole family history just from an app, just from a, a website. If I want a relationship. <laughs> yeah, I was right. I feel the spirit of, like, deleting apps just descended on the room right now this morning. I had to look some of these up because my, my marriage practically predates the Internet. So um, we definitely did not meet this way. Uh, if, if, I, if I want a relationship, I had to look up some of these names. These are actual app names for relationships. This is, this is relationships in 2021 right here. Tinder, Coffee Meets Bagel. I have no idea what that means, by the way. Friends with benefits. I have a little more of an idea of what that means. <laughs> How about we? <laughs> Bumble, happen, hinge, match, okay, cupid. We don't have to like walk into some place and meet somebody. God knows we can just make sure and swipe the right direction and I can have a relationship right at my door. Come on, somebody understand what I'm talking about? We we are making all things new in our culture right now. They say millennials will spend up to 40% for an item, 40% more for an item if they can get it quicker or get it faster. We add up that new is better than old, but I want to make a case for us for just a minute today. That if we're going to live the lives that Jesus has called us to live, quite frankly, if we're going to build the churches that Jesus has called us to build and how many of you know the stakes have never been higher for the local church? Our world is reeling and dying to know Jesus right now. Can you imagine, can you imagine in this season not knowing Jesus? Like, can you imagine for, for as tough as life is, for as tough a stuff as you and I are facing right now, at least we are facing it with the hope of Jesus in our hearts. But can you imagine there is a world outside these doors that is dying to know Jesus. And the hope that the world needs, we've got it here in the church. The stakes have never been higher for us to live for Christ boldly. And for us to build the kind of churches that bring Christ to a world that desperately needs to see him. So if we're going to do this, if we're going to honor God with our lives, I believe there are some things in our culture that's making everything new. I believe there are some things we need to get back to. I believe as God's people, there are some things we're going to need to return to. So today I want to push pause on the new thing for just a minute. I want to call us back to some things for a minute today. So if you're looking for your title, here it is. Today I'm going to call us to redig the wells. Redig the wells. Okay, Genesis chapter 26. In verse 18, it says this in the New American Standard. It says this, Then Isaac dug again the wells of water which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he gave them the same names which his father had given them. So watch this. Isaac dug again the wells which had been dug in the days of his father. And he gave them the same names. That's important. 
He gave them the same name. So here's some context for you. Uh, Of course, the patriarchs of the nation of Israel were Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac, kind of being the middle, doesn't have a lot of real estate in the Bible. There's There's a lot of chapters devoted to Abraham, a lot of chapters devoted to Jacob or named Israel, but only a couple dedicated to Isaac. When Isaac was leading God's people in his generation, God's people, the nation of Israel, they found themselves displaced. They found themselves living in a land that was not their land. They were displaced by famine. They find themselves living in the land of the Philistines. Now, you might recognize the word Philistines, of course, from stories like David and Goliath and whatnot. This was not the warlike Philistines that we see later on in Scripture. This was a a little more peaceful, treaty-making tribe of Philistines. And so they had maybe reluctantly but welcomed God's people into their land temporarily so they could live there while there was famine in their land. Now, the interesting thing about this is that this had all happened before. In the days of his father, in the days of Abraham, God's people were displaced due to famine, I believe, and they lived in the land of the Philistines. So they had been there before. And when Abraham's generation lived there, of course, one thing they had done while they lived there was they dug wells. How many of you know if you live in a desert, wells are important because water is important. Water was the life source. You need water to survive. And so, of course, living in a desert, they would dig wells to access water to sustain them while they lived in a land that was not their land. Now, when you see Philistines, don't get caught up on this specific tribe or iterations of it. Here's what I want you to think. The Philistines in this story basically represent a people who were not God's people and a land that was not God's people's, living among values and culture that were not of God. God's people living in a land that was not their land among values that were not their values. Does that sound a little bit like 2021 today? You know, as God's people, this is the condition we find ourselves in. Earth is not our home. We are eternal beings having a human experience here. And and for those of us that are Christ's followers that have the hope of eternity in us, heaven is our home. We're simply here as ambassadors. We're simply here as foreigners right now. I think the more you follow Christ, the more you feel like a foreigner in this world. And we find ourselves living in a prevailing culture that oftentimes now does not look like God's ways. In fact, they say this generation in America is now the first post-Christian generation in America. And so we're living in important times. And if you feel foreign, it's maybe the place that God wants to do some of his finest work in our nation. How many of you know that in Scripture... Water is very important. Water is very symbolic, and water many times in Scripture symbolizes Jesus. 
In John chapter 4 and verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, he's talking about himself here, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Jesus here is referring to himself as living water. And I want you to think about that for a minute. Our world right now desperately needs a drink of the living water of Jesus. John chapter 7, verse 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, this is Jesus talking again, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So not only is Jesus living water, but we as his people are called to be carriers of the living water of Jesus. So out of our innermost being, we're supposed to flow living water. In other words, your life, is intended by God to be a well, to be a deep well, a well with a free-flowing spring of the living water of Jesus that every person that crosses your path, they encounter Jesus because Jesus is flowing out of you at every moment. When people walk in these doors on a Sunday, parched, thirsty, dying, and they don't even know it, I believe that's what they're supposed to encounter here in the gathered believers is the living water of Jesus flowing through us. Your life is called to be a deep, free-flowing well, carrying Jesus to a world that desperately needs to see him. But if I'm honest with you, and here's what I wanted to get to today. If I'm honest with you, when I look around the church right now, When I look around the North American church, if I'm honest with you, over this last season, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of stopped up wells. I feel like I'm seeing a lot. So what had happened in between the days of Abraham and Isaac's generation living in this land of the Philistines is the Philistines had filled in the wells with debris with dirt, garbage, trash. They had filled in the wells, I believe, so they couldn't access the water. And the first order of business, when Isaac's generation returns to this land, their first order of business was to redig the wells, to dig again the wells, to access water, and watch this, They didn't give the wells some new, sexy, trendy name. They didn't try to give it a new logo or give it a new, you know, you know, polish it up, make it, you know, make it real appealing to the world around them. No, they redug the wells and they gave them the same names that their forefathers had given them. They basically said, we're going to access water and we're not going to try to spruce it up. We're actually trying to get back to the ways our forefathers did this. And in our day and our culture that is progressing new into the new at an alarmingly rapid rate right now, I believe that our world desperately needs to see a church that is getting back to some things in the kingdom of God, a church that is redigging the wells of our faith. And not, trying, not, not being concerned anymore with sprucing it up or whatever, but just call it what it is. Bring Jesus. You don't need to apologize for anything that's in this book. 
I know there's some confusing things in this book. I know there's some peculiar things in this book. There was a day where Jesus taught, and he taught about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And uh, I mean, imagine a sermon like that, you know? And it says on that day that crowds of people left, so many people left, that Jesus looked to his own disciples and said, are you going to leave too? I mean, Jesus was a little bit controversial in his day. There are some things in here that don't always make sense, but we are a peculiar people. And quite frankly, anymore, after what I've seen, I'll take our weirdness over the world's weirdness any day of the week. I know it's a little peculiar, but don't you dare feel like you have to apologize for anything in this book. This, this book is life. This is truth. This will rewrite people's story. I believe we need to get back to some things. If we're going to be the potent, life-giving, thriving church that Jesus desperately needs us to be on the earth. I wrote down a list recently of just some wells. Um, these are just Bible words. Your list could be different or longer or shorter. But I wrote down a list of wells, and I thought I'd put them up today. Just some, some wells that I believe, um, you can put them all up. Just some wells that I think um, we need to get back to. Just look at the list for a minute. The well of prayer. The well of prayer. I think right now, God's people, we are trying to fight battles naturally. We are trying to wage war as the world wages war. When I believe the call of a believer is to wage war on our knees in prayer. I, I, I mean, I, man, I, could, I could go off on any of these. We live, in a, we live in a democracy, right? And in a democracy, when you have a problem with a leader, what do you do? You vote out the leader, right? In a democracy, you can protest. That's a protected right of free speech. In a democracy, you, don't, you, can, you, you vocally go to the leader and you let them know when you're not happy with something they're doing. That is a protected right in a democracy. Here's the problem. As God's people, we live in the United States in a democracy, but we are a part of a kingdom. And a kingdom and a democracy are two very different things. And to be quite frank, we need God's people to remember that the kingdom of God supersedes the democracy of a nation. And that we are called to behave differently because of the kingdom that, is, that we're a part of. What do you do in a kingdom when you have a problem with a leader? What do you do? You go to the king and you petition the king. And you say, king, which our king being Jesus. And this is how we see change happen in our world. Yes, we can participate in a democracy, but I believe what supersedes that is the need for God's people to petition the king, King Jesus, to do what only he can do in our world. Don't fight battles like the world fights battles. The world right now is putting us in camps and groups and trying to divide us from one another, trying to, as if skin color and gender are the most important thing that should define our reality and our story. And our world is trying to divide us. I believe our world needs to see a unified church on their knees in prayer, petitioning King Jesus to do what only he can do in our generation. That's how we'll see the kingdom come to earth. Sorry, I'm not going to preach on all these, I promise. The well of worship. 
the well of reading your Bible, the well of fasting. We can skip that one for some people in the room today. It'll be all right. The well of, the well of serving. Pastor Micah, we were talking about this. The well of serving, the well of honor, those who have taken such hits in this season. Imagine what could happen if the world saw true honor alive in the church right now. Would you agree we have some things we need to get back to if we're going to see the living water of Jesus flow? The well of justice, which, by the way, biblical justice and worldly justice are two very different things. I think something that became very apparent to us in this last season was that we were using the same words as the world, but we meant two different things. Bible love and the world's love are two very different things. And I believe we need to get back to some things and call them what they are. Not be ashamed of our faith, but redig the wells. I have a couple specific ones for you. I'll hit really quickly today. Just to illustrate, one that stands out to me, if, we, if you were to take notes and write this down, I believe a major well we need to unstop and redig in the church right now is the well of being planted in the church. The well of being planted. It's not real, a real sexy point, I guess. You know, some, some speakers that you're going to see in church are like, like the entree. You know, they're like steak, potatoes, it's good, it's filling. Some speakers that come through are, are going to be dessert, and they're going to give you a great sugar high. They're going to taste really good going down. God bless them for that. I always feel like God has given me the ministry of vegetables. And so this may not, like, taste really great going down, but I promise you someone needs to hear what we're talking about today. And this message may not be pretty, but it's going to be good for you, I promise. I didn't come to impress you today. I came to help you. The ministry of vegetables in Jesus' name. <laughs> Psalm 92.13 says this, planted in the house of the Lord. One of the most important verses I painted over my life years ago. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. Come on, even when they're 40, they will still bear fruit in old age. <laughs> they will stay fresh and flourishing. We live in a season right now that's being called the great resignation. Everyone's quitting everything. No one's working. You, you know the stories. You see the headlines right now. I don't have it all figured out. I think somewhere along the line or along the way we added up, you know, that we liked staying home. Home became the new hub last year again. Home was not the hub before last year. Home was the place we slept. The last year, kind of, you know, things recalibrated and how we recentered our lives around home. Now no one wants to leave their home. Everyone went and bought new homes, and now no one wants to leave their homes. But one thing I know after being in church for almost four decades is you cannot thrive as a Christ follower if you're disconnected from his people. That actually is one of the greatest works of the enemy in your life is to disconnect you from the place that God intended for you to be planted. The debris that gets filled into this well is the debris of self-authority. That I can govern my own life. I can be responsible for my own life. I mean, heck, the Bible says where two or three are gathered. But I think we can all agree after this last year that two or three in your living room while you're in your pajamas, stirring your oatmeal, is different 
than being in a gathered room of believers full of faith worshiping God together. It's just different. And this is no shame. If someone is at home today, this is no shame. I'm glad you're here. I will join church online with my family, or I'm sorry, with my home church later today. I get it. I'm, I'm here for it with church online. But let's not make it a substitute that it's not. And if you're away, if you, if you, and I, you know, if you're immunocompromised right now in this season, if you, if you have very real challenges, I mean, take it from me. We had a preemie baby in a pandemic. I get it. We took every precaution we needed to take. I get it. So no, no condemnation, no shame. But I think if the Holy Spirit is talking to you on this point, I believe there's some people he wants to prompt to say it's time to get back. It's time to get back in the house. It's time to get back on a team. It's time to make church not just about you in your living room by yourself. It's time to get back to serving. It's time to get back to opening the doors for others in church. It's time to worship God corporately with God's people. That's the place where we thrive. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I believe that's a well that we need to redig. Another one I wanted to hit really fast um, that I didn't put on the list but I think is important right now is the well of guarding our hearts. We have a lot coming at us right now in this season. Anyone see the meme recently that was like, I miss precedented times. I, I want precedent. You know, everything's unprecedented right now, right? Like we've never been here before. I miss the times where it was precedented, you know? And, and we have a lot coming at us right now. A lot of information, a lot of arguments, a lot of fact, or the, the new fact is opinion, by the way. Opinion has been raised to the level of fact. A lot of it is vying for your attention. It's vying for your focus. Ultimately, it's vying for your heart. But Proverbs 4 and 23 says, guard your heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence, it says in the New American for from it flow, watch this, springs of life. For from it flow, your life is intended to be a well, and that well can get stopped up if we don't guard our hearts. Social media, there's no doubt about it. Social media has bred anxiety and depression. I see too many young people discontent with their life simply because they're spending their life scrolling through someone else's life. If I don't create a TikTok that goes viral, my life doesn't amount to something. We have, we, 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 it's, it's, it's tragic. It's one of the great tragedies of our day right now. The amount of, of depression that we see in, in far too young of lives and hearts. We're scrolling through other people's lives. I, th I believe the debris that gets into this well is the debris of FOMO, fear of missing out. I've got, I've got to see what's going on in someone else's life so that I can try to match them. This is the new, you know, keeping up with the Joneses in our world. I believe as God's people, if we're going to see springs of living water flowing through us, we're going to have to guard our hearts. That we're going to have to be selective about what's getting into our, the, 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 the eight hours where Facebook went down the other day, wasn't that a glorious eight hours? I was like, I can't tell anybody what I'm doing right now. 
It's amazing. <laughs> no one knows that I'm being faithful with what God's calling me to do. I can't show it. I just have to do it. It was an amazing feeling. I'm going to take a Sabbath every week now from social media because it was so healthy, so good. Come on, would anybody believe we, we, we need to, the well of guarding our hearts, we need to redig this well in our lives. The worship team can come. I'm going to close. I know I'm going a little long today. I apologize. Pastor Mike will be back next week. It'll all be good. He'll clean everything up. He'll be nice and short-winded. I always believed in the saying, blessed to the short-winded, they'll be invited back. And then uh, I'm breaking that rule today. <laughs> Play me off like the Oscars. There we go. This is just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I do believe there's one more well that we need to redig, though. And that's the well of the Holy Spirit. The well of the Holy Spirit. Maybe this is the most important well we need to redig. We are Holy Spirit people. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit flowing in every believer. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you. When Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples, once, once they arrived in Jerusalem and he's preparing to leave them, you know what he did? He, he said, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to send a helper. I'm going to send a counselor. I'm going to send you a friend, and he's going to be with you. I may be gone physically, but he's going to remain with you. He's going to fill you with power from on high. Your life, every single day, can be empowered by a, a helper, the counselor, the, the Holy Spirit. You were never meant to do life on your own. You weren't intended to wage war the same way the world does. I believe the debris that fills into this well is the debris of self-sufficiency. I can do it on my own. You can't learn enough. You can't argue your way out of everything. At some point, as a believer, you just need the Holy Spirit to come and empower you. My pastor's wife used to teach our Holy Spirit class at church. I always loved it. She always got to the point where she said, you wouldn't go to use a vacuum cleaner and not plug it in, right? Like, you need, like if you're going to use it, it needs power. And, it, and it's as true as it's ever been. But I see too many believers facing life powerless. A confused world needs a powerful church. And our mission will not be accomplished by arguing on social media, waging war on the terms that the world wages war. Think about it. Jesus didn't just reveal himself by his teaching. He also revealed himself by his power, his ability to heal, his ability to do the impossible in people's lives. And our world needs to see the power of God flowing through this house like never before. Why do people walk into church and still leave bound? And still leave in chains? Come on, I believe that there's an anointing on this house. And God wants to do such a work in this house that when people come in these doors, they leave free of the chains that have bound them. Because the power of Jesus, the power of his spirit is flowing through this house, up and down the aisles every single Sunday morning. We need to redig the well 
of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name. Are you ready to dig? Are you ready to find some wells and redig some wells in your life? Maybe yours are different, but I believe if you'll ask him today, I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal to you an area of your life, what's been stopped up, filled in with debris from the world, from surrounding culture. If you'll ask, I believe the Holy Spirit will reveal to you and he'll help you today to redig the wells. Would you stand to your feet with me today? And if this message is speaking to you, as I'm talking today, you're thinking, man, there's a, there's a well I need to redig with every head bowed and every eye closed. If this message has talked to you in any way today, would you just lift up your hands to heaven all over this room? You're saying, Brandon, I'm, there's, there's some wells. There's some things I need to get back to. There's some things I need to return to right now. And Holy Spirit, you see our hands, mine included today. God, if in any way I've tried to do, do this on my own strength, if I've tried to do this my own way, if I've allowed the debris and the junk and the dirt of the surrounding culture to stop up any wells, Lord, all over this room today, Jesus, we make commitments and decisions today. We are going to redig the wells. God, I want to get back to prayer. I want to get back to your word. I want to be filled, Father, with power from on high. I don't want a natural ministry, Lord. I want an anointed, powerful ministry, not, not for anyone's glory but yours, Jesus. Father, help us bring you to the world. like The ministry of reconciliation, Jesus, help, help us to, to, to wage war differently, Father. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And the arguments that have set themselves up in this generation, Father. The arguments that have set themselves up. In fact, today we just take authority over them in the name of Jesus. And we pull them down today by the Spirit of God. And I pray that the truth of the Word of God would, would, would take up residence and leadership in our lives and in our church. That the world would see you, Jesus. God, I believe this season is just kindling for you to do some of your finest work. And I ask you would do it in our hearts and in our church today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be done, God. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we sing in faith today, Storyside? Come on, would you lift up your hands? Can we take a minute and just abandon ourselves in worship? God, you are too good to not believe. We've seen it. You've done it. And you're going to do it again, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do a fresh work, Lord Jesus. Do a new work today, Lord Jesus. Raise up this house for such a time as this, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
every eye closed, every person in prayer. There's actually one more well I want to talk about, and that's the well of salvation. I wonder if there's someone here today that would say, Brandon, I don't know Jesus. I'm not following Jesus today. I've not made him Lord of my life. Maybe you're here today, and you're new to church. You're new to this. Maybe you've never been extended an opportunity like this. Let me extend an opportunity for you to follow Jesus. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And maybe for someone, and as I'm talking, you'll know who you are. This will be undeniable in your heart. Maybe your whole life's actually been leading up to a point in this moment because Jesus is drawing you to himself. He wants relationship with you. He wants to set you free from your past. He wants you to experience his forgiving love. And he wants to give you a brand new future today. Maybe you're here today, and if you'd be honest, you're away from God. In your heart, in your life, I don't care who you are in this room. I don't care what you have or haven't done. I don't care what you have or haven't been in this church. If you're here today, I believe there could be someone today that's away from God, backslid in your heart, not, not actively following him, serving him, living for him. Friend, if that's you, I would tell you today that God is not mad at you. He misses you. He wants you home. He wants you in the house. He wants you with his family. If you're here today, even if you're watching online, let me just issue a welcome home to you today if that's you. If I'm talking to you and you're saying, Brandon, I need today to be my day of salvation or a recommitment to Christ. I want to follow him. This is not for everybody. This is for very specific people in the room who God is talking to right now. I want to know who I'm praying for today. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But if that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, every believer in prayer right now, praying in the spirit for someone who desperately needs to pray this prayer right now. If you're here today and you say, Brandon, that's me. Include me today. I need today to be my day of salvation. I need today to be my day. On the count of three, I want you to boldly raise your hand and let me see who you are. Give me a chance. I want to pray with you today. A prayer of new beginnings. One, two, three. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Let me see who you are. I want to include you in this prayer. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Fantastic. Hands up at every section today. This is awesome. Come on, church. People making their peace with God. This is great. If, if, if I'm talking to you, don't delay. Don't hold back. Raise up your hands to heaven. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, do me a favor. Keep your hand up. Be proud about this moment. You are among family. We prayed for you. We gathered here today so that you would, you would make this decision. Church, let's all say this together, but, but if, if you're raising your hand, this prayer is for you. Say this after me today. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm standing here today because I want to say I'm sorry for living my life my own way. I want to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe in my heart 
I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is alive, and I boldly declare I will never be the same. My past is in the past. I am a new creation today because of Jesus. In Jesus' name, all God's people together said a big amen. Amen. Come on, Story Side Church. Can we give it up right now in a huge way?